Hi, and welcome to the With Tracy podcast. This is where I get to talk to businessmen and women who make up that ever-growing community of entrepreneurs. Join me as I uncover who they really are, as they share insights into their personal journeys, from the light bulb moment to the highs, lows, challenges and successes. On the With Tracy sofa today is serial entrepreneur and event guru Josh Peverly, a man who seems to have boundless energy as he juggles four businesses while travelling around Hampshire and beyond, DJing and running unique events at some of the UK's most iconic locations. Josh is a man on a mission, and what I'd like to find out today is what that mission is and how he stays focused. So hi, Josh. Hello, Tracy. <laughs> it's really great to be talking to you today. Um, and gosh, that you've found some time in what seems like a very busy diary. So, Josh, where do we start? How did your passion for events begin? It all, in all fairs, I think the passion actually began when I was I almost had to be dragged through the gates of Bestival as a child and you know I'm, I'm autistic quite openly and you know crowds really aren't my thing so I, I kind of had to be forced to you know sort of knowing that there's 30,000 people in one field it was a little bit of a nerve-wracking Whoa, experience yeah. as you can imagine so I was sort of dragged through the gates and you know I then realized actually no this is this is brilliant I quite like this this is what I want to do and I think by the end of that weekend I realized that I want to run my own festival I want to do this and you know, it was it was a challenge, you know, and I think back then there weren't that many festivals out there. So it seemed like a brilliant, I can do my own festival, you mm-hmm. know, and, you know, 13-year-old me was like, yeah, I don't even think I was that. I think it was 11-year-old me was sort of like, yeah, I'll, I want to do a festival, I want to run an events company, I want to do this. And I think it was literally like one of those overnight career decisions. Yeah, like a light bulb moment. Literally, no, I, I think it was, you know, I, I like this, I want to do this, this is where I want to go career-wise. Yeah, and you went on, I'm just going to jump a little bit here, everyone, but you went on to work with Rob on Bestival. I did, well, actually, it was after, I think, you know, I sort of came away that year from Bestival and thought, I want to go back next year, and, you know, we went back as a family the following year, and I think by after two years of it, you know, after sort of six days in that field, I realised that that's definitely what I wanted to do, so on the third year of Bestival, we're probably talking about 10 years ago now, I actually managed to try and track Rob down on site and I managed to sort of turn up to him and sort of shake his hand and go, look Rob, I want to work with you, I want to, you know, I want to get involved with this festival, it's incredible and and he, he did keep, he said, you know, we'll definitely get you involved and he, he kept to his words, you know, he gave me his email address, I emailed him and, you know, he gave me little jobs to do on the island and, you know, I'm now really lucky to sort of work with him, work with him and Josie very closely on sort of all you know camp festival and all sorts of things like oh, so that. you're still involved with I it. am still involved with it which is really exciting yeah so. yeah oh gosh so um so have you always been I mean you obviously work with festival but have you always been freelance have you kind of been your own boss I have always been my own boss yeah I mean to be fair with you I think you know the events industry is you know and having run my own events company it's very difficult to actually you know as a small business to take on full-time mm. staff and actually run around the clock events industry I mean especially on the Isle of Wight we know a lot of businesses are very seasonal yeah and it's it's very similar to the type of events I do and I think you know it's identifying a gap in the market you know by the time I got to that age where I could actually really do my own festival I think you know the market was a little bit flooded and to be fair I don't know quite where you find the money to go and do do your own (laughs) festival it's a little bit you know it's a little bit ambitious so I, I kept it low key and I was I was I actually went to Portsmouth Uni and I was on the ferry one day and 
I sort of looked up at the spinnaker tower and just thought that'd be a good place to do a party, you know. Mm. You know, the same way as I'm sure, you know, people like Rob have looked at places like Robin Hill and Lowell Castle to do festivals. I sort of looked into it. So, you know, I, I just rung, I just phoned them up one day and just said, you know, can we inquire about booking it? You know, I'd love to do an event up there. And they, you know, they're a little bit uncertain on it. And, you know, so I sat, sat down for a coffee and said, this is what we want to do. And, you know, and I think four years later, it's thriving up there and, Fantastic. You know, we're doing several, you know, we're doing more, you know, we're doing sort of four or five a year up there now. They're all selling out and, you know, we've taken it to other places. And what kind of events are you doing then at the Spinnaker Town? So the tough part was, is it was when we first started to speak to the Spinnaker Tower, it was actually trying to identify a market for the events. Mm. And a very good friend of mine was running a San Francisco company on the Isle of Wight. So I had a chat with him and he was just like, yeah, you know, we, we could put two or three DJs on and then you can play all different, you can target all sorts of different people because we can have something 80s and 90s, we can have something, you know, even as far as 70s and 60s, we can have some current chart and dance and stuff like that in there. So we can basically, you know, and you can just flick between the channel and build your own soundtrack as the night goes on. So that means that, you know, we can say we've got music of all genres for all ages and, you know, whether you're a student at the university, whether you're a midwife at the hospital in mm-hmm, Portsmouth, mm-hmm. whatever age you are, whether you're retired, we've got the music for you to come and enjoy. So with the silent disco, is that linked to your business, which is Hush Silent Disco Company? Do you want to just explain a little bit what that means? Because I kind of get disco and silent don't sort of sit together. No. So as I, as I mentioned, I sort of formed Wild Events back in 2016 when I sort of caught the eye of the Spinnaker Tower and... It started with sort of hiring the headphones in for a little while and I was hiring them through a guy called Andy Crabb who's, you know, he runs Crabby's Discos and he sort of founded Hush Silent Disco on the island back in 2013. And it was earlier this year that he was very keen to expand the business. You know, there was, you know, I think the Silent Disco, I think the past couple of years, the kind of trend of a Silent Disco at festivals and you know, everywhere has really been thriving. And, and sorry, how does it work? Do you just want to... Oh, okay. Oh, I, sorry. Yeah, no, I'm with you. No. I don't think it's just me that doesn't quite understand no. how silent disco Okay, works. so obviously a silent disco, how it works is the brilliant element of a silent disco means that we can put two or three DJs and you can mix and match your own soundtrack between those DJs. So you put a set of our silent disco headphones oh, on. Oh, right. You okay. press the button on the side and you can switch between the DJs. Oh, how brilliant. So it's a brilliant, you know, it means that when we do events that sort of the Spinnaker Tower, you know, when you do festivals, you can you can basically target a much wider audience. You know, you haven't got to say, right, okay, we're playing. You know, if you're into, if you like rock music, this is the event for you. If yeah. you like pop music, this is the event for you. We can cover everything. And that's the brilliant element of doing Something that's been a guitar is it means it opens it for everyone. Yeah, and so the audience all have their own... They all have headphones on, oh. yeah, and they can press the button on the side and switch between the channels, which is... I'm sure I'm the only person in the UK who didn't understand what silent disco was, but anyway. You know, we, well, it's, it's interesting. It's got, they've actually got so many uses, the headphones, you know, that people don't really realise. I mean, they go out, we've used them for conferences stuff like that in the past um, obviously they're brilliant if you've got uh, yeah. if you've got kind of different you know international speakers and yeah, you want to yeah. transmit you know Chinese in one channel English in the other it's a, it's a brilliant idea we've used them um, AJ Wells have used them for when they do their annual factory tours um, they sort of put a microphone on and then they transmit that out to all their kind of delegates on the tour and they can be heard in quite a loud environment that way how brilliant so you know they've got so many years and we've even been recently using them in care homes 
um, because obviously we can play sort of music through them. You know, if people in people in the care home don't want to get involved, they just don't put the headphones on. But if they do, then they can put them on and we can sort of play music from their from their youth. What a lovely idea. And trigger back, you know, obviously it triggers memories and stuff, especially if they've got age related illnesses. Yeah. It's a brilliant asset to Oh, that's a fantastic use of them, isn't it? So, you know, there's so many, you know, when we sort of I think it's a misconception almost when you call them silent disco headphones, (laughs) you know, you you're almost almost limiting that use. It almost needs to be another name of what we can Yeah. You know, for these fabulous multi-channel headsets or something, you know, less exciting name. So, do you want to? So, should we go back a little bit? So, wild events. You set up wild events, and you've got wild parties. I have to say, it was very exciting. No, and then I sort of started a mobile DJ company. You know, specialising in weddings and obviously private parties and things like that. And I almost, I couldn't think of a name. I thought DJ Josh Peverly sounds a little bit unexciting. <laughs> and I, I almost didn't, you know, I think it's important that if you've got a brand that you keep it what it is. Mm. You know, I didn't want it to be wild events because that was sort of silent discos and attractions. And, you know, if you then start saying, oh, we offer this and stuff, it gets a bit confusing, yeah, doesn't yeah. it? So I, I genuinely just thought, I'm doing parties. I've got wild. I'll just put the two together. And, you know, that was that was how that began. And, you know, it's really lucky to sort of fill a diary of wedding and corporate party bookings for sort of almost the peak season of 2020 and 2021 now oh that is fantastic so you know it's, it's really really good to yeah you know if you're DJing on the island and beyond yeah so the wild parties are they that wild have you had any particularly wild wild ones <laughs> I've had people dancing on tables I mean if that does that go wild enough <laughs> I mean, I wanted to. I almost wanted to think of a name that you know, when people book a DJ, they almost, they they almost, you know, there's a lot of mis. It's one of those industries. It's a misconception of what are you getting. You know, is it yeah, yeah. is it a bloke in the corner of a social club with a, you know, with an iPod <laughs> or a, something like that, or what is it you're actually getting? And I almost wanted to think if I go for wild parties and you know, it brings your party to life, and yeah. I, you know, it's it's all about creating a strong brand image. Is what they- I like. No, definitely, definitely. Now, I'm going to ask you, because obviously a busy man, wild events, wild parties, the silent disco, the DJing. So most people have only got one business to sort of keep on top of. How do you juggle the four? I think it's important time management. You know, I think it's, you've got to be, you've got to be organised. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think you've just got to know what you, you know, you've got to be openly honest that you don't work normal office hours, you know. It's impossible yeah. to actually work nine to five in an office and run your own business. But I think it's really important uh, to keep a lot of plates spinning. And mm. that's, you know, you never know what's going to go around the corner. You know, the silent disco trend could completely die overnight. <laughs> you know, we could have events that, you know, really, you know, it could be we go and put a kind of a whack of events on. So often we'll put two or three on sale at the same time. If none of them sell, then you've got to have a contingency. You know, you've still got bills to pay at the end of the day. Yeah. So I think, you know, if you keep a few plates spinning, I mean, I keep, you know, I put all my, I don't, rather than put all my eggs in one basket, I think it's important to have, yeah. you know, and just be good with your time management. Yeah. Because I guess if you're DJing, I mean, presumably that takes you late into the night. So That does, yeah, that does again, sort being of. Being in the office for sort of 8.30, doesn't, it's not really conducive, is it? No, not at all. <laughs> and I think, I think that's the thing you've got to almost accept and, you know, that you are potentially, you know, so I might not be in an office Monday to Friday, nine to five and then yeah. DJing. yeah. You know, if you're DJing Friday and Saturday nights as well, then the chances of, mm. you know, then you don't want, you know, sometimes you will work a seven day week. And I think that's the thing of running your own business. 
you know, they always yeah. say, be your own boss, you can wait your own hours, but we all know that's not quite how it goes. <laughs> no, exactly. <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a different side to it as well, I think. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, you, you don't, you just, you know, myself, but all the people I speak to, you know, successfully, you've got to be on it virtually all the time. I think that's the thing, though. You don't really have a day, you know, if you, if you work in, you know, I worked in retail sort of when I was 16, 17, and you... You kind of sign off at the end of that shift and you walk out the door and that's it. Mm. You don't think about it until you go back in. Yeah. And then you sort of think, right, okay, now I'm in this mode. Whereas I think when you run your own business, a day doesn't go by when you're not thinking about it. You know, for me, it's right, we've got events on sale. How are they selling? You know, even if I go away on holiday, you're still right. How's it selling? You know, yeah. how's it doing? And you, you don't go a day without thinking about your own business, do you really? It's, no. it's constantly on your mind and you can't get away from it. So what, what, have you got any real highlights so far of either with Wild or a festival? Have you, you know, any name dropping? Or, any name or, dropping? Or, or particularly any events, not events, sorry, any people that you've seen that you thought, oh my God, that they were amazing, you know? Oh God, I've got to think now. <laughs> not that I like to put anybody on the spot, of course. No, you don't, no, you don't like to put people on the spot. I think the biggest highlight actually was... As I say, Bestival's been a huge part of my life for many years, and I think when I actually saw Elton John there, Aww. I think I don't think you can, you know, and Stevie Wonder. I don't think I think they're two names that you really. Yeah. I think that was a really nice moment because it was a festival that I'd sort of been to. I mean, I didn't go to the very first one, so you know, I was quite young then. But you know, from two, sort of two thousand and seven onwards, I've been to every single festival since, and I think just seeing that festival grow thinking you know this is successful this is really what I want to yeah you know really what I want to aspire to to do and that was quite a special moment and obviously I think because everybody knows songs by Elton John everybody knows songs by Stevie Wonder you know I think it's not like you know there's other headliners that the show would have sort of like the XX and London Grammar and they're you know they're almost they're selective audiences if that makes sense Mm -hmm. you know there's only you know I could take my nan and she wouldn't have a clue but Mm. I could take her when Elton John's on and you can guarantee she'll be singing along and I think that's a special moment yeah yeah. for it um, and I think as well I actually had the pleasure of DJing the main stage and in the big top at Camp Festival this year and I think that was quite a oh, good on quite you. a highlight now I DJed the silent disco there to about three 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 and a half thousand people and I think seeing them all singing living on a prayer was quite a was quite a highlight yeah oh well done Josh so that was oh, quite that's exciting fantastic. oh thank you for sharing that oh that's brilliant that's so good so you don't get much downtime but what do you do to relax I mean <laughs> what do I do? I actually quite enjoy going for a swim. Oh. That sound, you know, I think that's quite a nice sort of. That's quite a nice way of actually relaxing. You know, going for a swim, sitting in the sauna. I think that's quite. Well, admittedly, I probably end up think, still thinking about my <laughs> business and work-related stuff, but yeah, you know, it's quite a nice way of unwinding. Quite like going out cycling, and I think just you know, just appreciating and obviously spending time with family. I think that's so important. I think sometimes people forget that element of it when you run your own business. You know, you almost that work-life balance. Yeah. That goes, you know, if you, as, I, as I was saying before, if you work in, you know, a nine to five sort of job, you, you walk away from the office and that's it, you go home and mm. you cook dinner, you see your family, you know, you do things like that. I think when you run your own business, it's right, I'll just cook dinner, right, and now I'll sit down and do those emails and it's sort of things like that and it mm. is a huge part of your life. Yeah, you can become very, very absorbed in it, can't you? And then and you, and you don't realise you're doing it half the time and that's, you know, that's the other element where I think time management is important. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I know we all have deadlines to meet and, you know, even running your own business you do. And I think just saying, right, you know, flip, being able to sort of turn around to yourself, put your lid down the laptop, right, I'll do that tomorrow. Yeah. I think that's so important. Mm. 
you know because you do you know I've I've seen many people that do burn themselves out and I think I've done that myself on a couple of occasions and it, sure. it's not good for you you know it is important yeah. to so obviously you've got you know with your four businesses have you taken advice you know when you're thinking about like new ideas or someone's you know proposed a new idea have you ever you know do you have people you go to for advice before you make that decision is it something that you just feel like you go and do some research and you just decide for yourself no I I mean no not so I always think it's important to go and get a second opinion or something I mean especially you know especially with events and stuff like that I mean if it's something silent disco related as a siren Andy up who I'm in partnership with at Hush Silent Disco mm-hmm. and I just sort of say look what do you think to this mm-hmm. um, you know if it's something music related you know I'll ring Rob up and say look Rob you know I want to do this what do you think and you know sometimes I'll put a post out on LinkedIn or Facebook or something like that and just say mm-hmm. look you know and I think yeah. it's important you can and then you can make build that opinion from engagement mm-hmm. you know whether it's a good idea but I think sometimes going with your own judgment's a little difficult yeah yeah. I sometimes, you know, I'm not saying that I don't trust my own judgment, but I think sometimes it's good just to, you know, put a teaser out there and speak to other people and just get that second opinion. Yeah, it's just quite nice sometimes to have it verified, isn't it? That, I think, yeah, <laughs> rather than before you doubt yourself, I think it's so, you know, I always think, you know, there's no point keeping too much to yourself. I think it's always, as I say, it's always important to go and chat to other people and just, you know, sometimes, especially if it's your own idea and somebody goes, oh, that's a really good idea, it makes you feel much more confident about it mm. than just going and doing it and thinking, I wish I told someone this because it's not going too well, you know, and I, we've had that, you know, I've had that, I have had that before, you know. So um, the vision for wild events or wild parties or have you got a vision where you'd like to take those? Would you ever go international, for instance? I think potentially. I mean, there's this whole little scare of Brexit at the minute, isn't there? So, you know, there are venues that I'd absolutely love to sort of take wild events to. And I think it's just building up with the silent discos. You know, we've gone from the Spinnaker Tower to the British Airways Ivory 60 in Brighton. Yeah. Um, We've just put out there a silent disco under the sea at the UK's largest aquarium. Oh, which fantastic. is really exciting which is the National Marine Aquarium in Plymouth so you know it's sort of it's what I like to call wild locations and yeah. you know I'd love to take that to other places and sort of expand it around the UK it's just finding obviously those unique places mm. and you know the, the profit margins in the events aren't high so you've got to choose the venues right. carefully you know yeah. by the time you've actually paid your overheads there's not a lot left Right, to cover it yeah. and I think that's a misconception you know people look and think oh you know we're paying £20 a ticket they must be making a lot of money on this but actually that's right. complete and it's the same with any any event industry really mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I remember I've just finished my masters in events and you know it was all the money's in conferences and the money's in things like that oh okay so you have that has helped you, you oh definitely think no I think no definitely forward, yeah. I think you know and it's and I think if anything it sort of gives you that you know me doing my masters in events management was you know, it just gives you that little, not just the certificate and the, the wearing the nice hat to graduate, but it gives you that mm. kind of insight into, you know, real life. And no, it doesn't give you the insight to real life. That's what real stuff does. <laughs> but, you know, it gives you that sort of insight into education and... Well, the business side of it. The business guess. side, yeah. No, yeah. that's it. I think if you, you know, I did three years of a BA honours in business management before that, mm. you know, is to sort of learn... You know, so at least then I've got an insight into basic accounting, into mm. basic running a business, yeah. you know, time management and things like that. And you've you've got those kind of... Totally. So although I haven't actually had to present it to anyone for a job yet, it's that experience in your head. Mm. You know, especially where I do freelance stuff, if you're there, you know, if you've got that qualification as well, it does offer mm. many benefits. So that was a conscious decision that you made or was that a recommendation 
to go and do your master's? I think it was something that I really, I really wanted to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I'll be honest, I think it's one of the, it's the same education is one of those things. It's like if you don't learn to drive at sort of 17, 18, then it'll be when you're sort of late 30s, 40s that you're mm. kind of actually thinking about driving again. And, you know, I just finished my BA honours. I was sort of fresh in... I walked. I handed my dissertation and, and sort of said, no, never again, not education. <laughs> and then, you know, a few weeks down the line, you know, once I'd had a summer to kind of recover, I almost thought, you know, actually, no, I'll go and do mm. do a master's. And, you know, I commuted from the island to Bournemouth daily to do it. So, you know, it was quite a dedication as well as running a business, a couple of businesses to, totally. to take out, you know. And I, you know, I think that's, it's a tough part, but... I think, you know, it gave me a real insight into it. means you can meet other like-minded yeah, event yeah. people, you know. It means you can actually think, right, well, okay, that's what I do for my events. Oh, yeah. I'm doing that. It's good to know I'm doing that right. Yeah, exactly. And things like that, you know. And it, as I say, especially from the, as you were saying, from the business perspective, it's brilliant to have that insight into, Mm-mm-mm. you know, procedures, a little bit of info on accounting and budgeting. and. Wow. I definitely take my hat off to you because, you know, to do all that, you know, entrepreneurial work and to think I'm going to now give three years over or whatever it was to, to doing a master's. I mean, that's true dedication. And I think so often, again, with successful business people, it's dedication and they put the hours in. And Oh, definitely. I mean, you know, it was, that was literally running a business from every little location you could think of, you know, on a ferry, you know, on a train, on a, you know, in a costa. And I think that's the, and that's the real insight into yeah, that is running your own business, really, isn't it? You don't yeah. work nine to five in an office like people sort of think. Yeah. And you've got no one there, really, though you can take advice and you know there's people there that you can talk to, but it's not like you're necessarily sitting in a room with someone that you can just, like, lean over to and get advice or be managed. Oh, yeah, like, no, not you're at having all. to self-motivate, aren't you, and self-manage. I think that's the biggest thing, and that is the self-motivation. And, I mean, you, every I think everybody has days when they sort of think, okay... It's going to be a tough day today, but you know, when you've, you know, it's not going to be as good day today. But I think every day is a big day when you've run your own business, yeah, personally. Yeah. So, where can we find you, Josh? Anyone listening? Wild Events. I presume you've got your website, have you? Or? There is wildevents.co.uk, and of course, you can find me on LinkedIn. Yeah. As well, I do post. I try and post as much as I can on there, but I'm a little bit rubbish at taking pictures and a little bit rubbish at <laughs> keeping up to date with LinkedIn, admittedly. Um, but no, definitely do do get in touch and you know I'd love to talk to more people and yeah 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 gain more ideas you know I'm always open to new ideas yeah and uh, for anyone wanting a wild party or a silent DJ yeah absolutely contact Josh now Josh when getting to the end of the interview and thank you again very much I always like to ask everyone you know if they have one piece of advice for those listening out there that might be considering you know what they want to do next in their career or maybe setting up their own business is there something you could share personally I think it's just don't be afraid you know you only you only get one shot at life and if you've got an idea then don't sort of sit on it for for ages and sort of think I'll do that one day I'll do that one day just go and give it a go you know there's there's opportunities out there and I think you know if you've got an idea in your head and you know go and go and get a second opinion on it if someone else says it's a good idea then just go for it yeah yeah it's the best you know that's the most straightforward advice that I was given years ago a very yeah. good piece and of I, advice. I think it is you know I think otherwise it's you know I could have got on that ferry and gone past the Spinnaker Tower every single day and thought one day I'll, I'll contact them tomorrow I'll contact them tomorrow and I think you know sometimes you just need to just say right let's just go for it and yeah and do it what a great piece of advice 
Thank you, Josh. No, thank you very much for having me. It's and an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I'm delighted to, that we've got together and to share, you know, your story and, you know, about wild events, wild parties. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more from Josh. I, ho- I hope so. I honestly hope so. Oh, I've no doubt. <laughs> Thanks again. No, thank you very much. I honestly hope.